When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Now you can feel like you're in the audience at the Ed Sullivan Theater with official Late Show with Stephen Colbert merchandise at ParamountShop.com. Shop t-shirts, mugs, accessories, and more, and Late Show Poncho listeners can take 20% off with code TLS20. That's 20% off at checkout on all Late Show products with code TLS20 at ParamountShop.com. So I'm your host, Stephen Colbert. Let me ask you a question. Quick question. Uh, show of hands. Anyone here live on Earth? Good. Well, I've got some wonderful news for you, because yesterday, out of nowhere, Senator Joe Manchin reached a deal with his Democratic colleagues on a bill that would lower health care costs, reduce the federal deficit, and most importantly, combat climate change. <laughs> what? Because of... <laughs> Joe Manchin is fighting climate change? Wait, am I dreaming? I have all my teeth. I'm not a skeleton. You're all wearing clothes. I'm rich and famous. No, this is real. <laughs> this is a big deal. The size of the big grande. It provides $370 billion in new spending to fight global warming. And according to experts, by 2030, this plan could reduce U.S. carbon emissions by roughly 40%. That is... Thank God. That is, that is good news, and I'm, I'm being told we have reaction from the Arctic. Yeah! Woo! Woo-hoo! Hey, everybody, we're all gonna get late. To achieve, to achieve this goal, among other things, the bill provides tax credits to boost solar panels batteries, and other technologies, and also makes it costly to emit methane. Slight hitch. Slight hitch on that last one. From now on, you have to pay a $10 toll every time you fart. <laughs> Don't worry, there's going to be an easy pass. <laughs> You're not gonna like where it goes. <laughs> the bill pays for itself by setting a 15% corporate minimum tax rate on billion-dollar companies or larger... <laughs> Funding... Funding to help beef up tax enforcement, especially for wealthy Americans. Finally, the mega-rich will have to pay any taxes at all. It's got Elon Musk so scared, he is as white as a ghost. (laughs) People are very excited. People, I am told, are very excited about the bill, including President Biden, who said, this is the action the American people have been waiting for. Technically, sir, technically, that was Top Gun Maverick. Cruz. (laughs) Cruz has still got it. We miss you, Goose. (laughs) Manchin's announcement shocked everyone because he has opposed these provisions for months. In fact, this bill is a marked departure from Manchin's positions only days earlier. So what happened? Turns out, Manchin was visited by the ghost of climate future. You there, boy, what day is today? Today? 
Why, it's July 27th, of course. Go down to the Senate and get me $370 billion of climate spending. Hurry, it's snowing in July. That's dope! So, still gets you. It's so, it gets you, you know? Story still. All these provisions were originally Joe Biden's idea, but in his announcement, Manchin proclaimed, Build Back Better is dead. And instead, we have the opportunity to make our country stronger by bringing Americans together. Yes, Build Back Better is dead. Instead, Manchin's going to construct again <laughs> things more good. <laughs> His change... His change of heart, Manchin's, I mean, Manchin's change of heart really surprised Senate Minority Leader and taxidermy chicken thigh Mitch McConnell. <laughs> McConnell can't filibuster this bill because it's part of the budget reconciliation process. But to dissuade Democrats from even trying that, McConnell had threatened that Republicans would block uh, a different bill, a popular semiconductor chip bill that would make the U.S. more competitive with China called the CHIPS and Science Act, which I believe also pays for the development of new three-dimensional Cool Ranch technology. <laughs> it's like the sodium is coming right at you. <laughs> Yesterday, McConnell did allow that chimp bill to be voted on because last week, Manchin said he was never going to vote for Build Back Better. Then, just hours after the chip bill passed, Schumer and Manchin announced their reconciliation deal. Boom! They pulled the old bait and Mitch. And you have to get up. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. You have to get up pretty early in the morning to outmaneuver Mitch McConnell because once the sun warms up the rock he's lying on, he can move pretty fast. People, people are calling this deal Washington's best kept secret a term previously used only to describe George's third nipple. <laughs> With a little more hope for our planet, we can now all rest easy and freak out about the economy. Because today, we learned that the U.S. economy shrank for a second quarter in a row, raising fears that we could be entering a recession. We have a clip of economists releasing the news this morning. They were scary. The numbers were scary. So, we're in a recession, or are we? According to the White House, two consecutive quarters of economic contraction does not, in and of itself, constitute a recession. Thankfully, we have cable news to cut through all the spin <laughs> and give us some straight answers. CNN, we've had back-to-back -back quarters of negative growth. What does that mean historically? Every single time since 1948 that you've had back-to-back -back quarters of negative growth, you've had a recession every time. So that's the case this time. That may not necessarily be the case this time. Okay, still, recession-wise, we should be able to use history as a guide, right, MSNBC? We really don't know how far we can or cannot use history as a guide. Sure, but at the bare minimum on the GDP next quarter, up or down? This is a number that could turn positive, it could turn more negative. Okay, <laughs> last question. Do you need any qualifications at all to go on TV and talk about the economy. It's really impossible to tell. So... So, 
All of y'all are just taking stabs in the dark like you wandered blindfolded into a cave. Where are we? How long is the tunnel? Do we know? Thank you, cable news. So, the economy is shrinking and inflation is still blowing up and it's hitting us right in the breakfast nook because it has reached a New York City bodega favorite, the bacon, egg, and cheese. No! That's the best thing about the bodega. After the dusty can of grape soda, oatmeal cookies from the 90s, and the angry cat. The price of the bacon, egg, and cheese has skyrocketed from $2.50 to $4.50. Man, that takes a lot of cheddar to bring home that bacon. And this is a... Really? Wow. Wow. You never know what's going to hit with a band. You just don't know... This is a tough blow to city consumers because the bacon, egg, and cheese is a staple in many New Yorkers' diets. Yes, because it's got all the essential food groups. Bacon, foil, and yellow. Oh, there's a little foil? A little bit of foil, just a little... little foil between the pinch between the cheek and gum. Rising prices are also hitting New York's desserts because ice cream trucks are the latest target of inflation. First, we lose the Choco Taco... And now we lose our soft serve. Ice cream trucks used to be lucrative, but not anymore. Now the gas prices are up, and a 25-pound box of sprinkles goes for about $60, double what it cost a year ago, which really makes sprinkles sound like a street drug. (laughs) Hey, hey, you want to sweeten your cone? 60 bucks for 25 pounds, okay? Take them with a friend in a safe place. Drink a lot of water. Now, ice cream trucks are on the verge of bankruptcy. Mr. Softy's so desperate, he'll let you lick his hair for 50 bucks behind the bus stop. <laughs> These rising costs mean that ice cream trucks might become a thing of the past. It's such a shame. If we don't have ice cream trucks, kids will no longer have a reason to gather in the street to happy jingles like this. <laughs> Come, children. Come heed the siren song of the mystery van and collect your sweet treats. Oh, do make haste, for the van will not be here upon the morrow. We accept Venmo. (laughs) We got a great show for you tonight. Coming up, Jonathan Carl. Rise and shine, football fans. Start your day the right way with Morning Footy, a podcast that covers every aspect of the global game, headlines, match previews, analysis, interviews, culture, fashion, and plenty of banter. Join as we track the thrills and spills of Europe's biggest title races, the business end of the Champions League season, a summer packed with international competitions, MLS, NWSL, and much more. Subscribe to Morning Footy. My first guest tonight is the chief Washington correspondent for ABC News, co-anchor of This Week with George Stephanopoulos and author of Betrayal. Please welcome Jonathan Carl. Great to be here. Now, uh, let's talk about... uh, I think you've got multiple scoops this week, but let's talk about one of your scoops this week. You reported that Mike Pompeo is now in talks to talk to the January 6th committee. 
First of all, what does in talks to talk mean? <laughs> I know. It's, it's a Aren't real... you already talking if well, you're in talks? They, they negotiate the, you know, what kind of questions. There are certain things they don't want to, you know. Why do you get to do that? I if you're just some citizen I... out there, it's not like he's some here's, big mocker right now. He's just some guy from Kansas at this point. Here's why. Why can't they drag him in by the scruff of the neck? I mean, that would be nice. But, you know, you, you, so you do a subpoena. Yeah. And then how do you enforce the subpoena? Well, Steve Bannon's finally guilty for you know, defying a subpoena. It took right. a year! Well, that's, it took that's a sign. year! Okay. So, so they, they, they want to get him in quickly because they're running out of time. So what details do you think Pompeo, who was uh, head of CIA, secretary of state, before that a congressman... Yeah. So he might respect Congress's subpoena authority. What, what he, do you think he... He used it as a congressman. He did, okay. Yes. So yeah. what, what, what do you think they're most interested in talking to him about? Well... I know what I'm most interested to hear from him, so mm -hmm. I assume it's where they are. It's okay. the discussions of the 25th Amendment. Okay. Because, as you remember, I reported in, in, in the book that he had... You've got you it right there. The yes, yes. The betrayal. Betrayal? <laughs> um, Let's move some paper. Oh, there I, you go. I, I reported that he and Steve Mnuchin, these are the two biggest, you know, most senior people in the, in the Trump cabinet... State Treasury. Yeah, had had a uh, conversation on January 6th about the 25th Amendment. The 25th Amendment, which basically means that the cabinet can remove the president by declaring him mentally unfit. That's mm. quite a conversation for Mike Pompeo, who has been totally and thoroughly loyal to Donald Trump and Steve Mnuchin, same thing, to have. So I would, I would suspect they so would wait, be... So wait, so you broke that they had the conversation yeah. in here. Yeah. What would you like to ask him as a follow-up about that? Well, uh, maybe why didn't you do it? Um, would be one, one possible yeah. thing. Um, right. But Does he admit it? No. So, so, so he doesn't so, admit doing that. So, so, so this is kind of a wild story. So I, I reported this rock solid. The conversation happened. Mm -hmm. Some details about what they were talking about with the Twenty Fifth Amendment. And I tried to get Mike Pompeo to talk to me about it. Refused. Refused. I went to his spokesperson. Went to people close to him. <laughs> refused. 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 Nothing. And then I had one last conversation with Donald Trump for the book over the phone, and I asked him about this. I was like. You know, you're, you're, these are your top guys, and they were talking about calling you mentally unfit to be president. They said, oh, no, it never happened, never, totally never happened. And I said to him, well, then why won't Mike Pompeo deny it? He won't, and neither of them, they, they won't deny it. And I swear to you, within an hour, I got a phone call from the guy that had been avoiding my call for months, Mike Pompeo's spokesperson. Wow. And suddenly saying, oh, never happened. Never really? happened, but they're going to put his hand on a little black book, right? Yeah, yeah. So, so that, that's what I'm going to be listening to. Is he going to deny it under oath? And I, he's not. He won't. Wow. Do you, do you ever wish that uh, you had subpoena power? Oh, it'd be so good. <laughs> it'd be so good. We have to take a quick break. We'll be right back with more Jonathan Carl, everybody. Stick around. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, 
planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com. The book Betrayal, Jonathan Carl, after writing the book on January 6th last year, once again, the book is called Betrayal. And, and knowing all you know from your reporting, what about the committee's findings, if any, in, in these public hearings has surprised you? Well, I'll tell you, the thing, this may sound silly, but it's that Trump actually wanted to go to the Capitol on January 6th. I mean, he said it in the speech. Right, I'll be up there. I'll but I didn't believe it. I mean, I, it's, I mean, not you know, you don't believe everything he says in a speech. Like Are you that. saying yeah, that yeah. Donald Trump I'm, I'm, lies? I'm, Is that yeah. what you're saying, sir? So, so he said it. I'm like, there's no way he wants to go to the Capitol. He knows it's like raucous up there. This guy wants to go and hang out at the White House. Yes. While all his people, you know, do what they're doing up there. So when I heard Cassidy Hutchinson say that he really wanted to go, and not only did he want to go, he was pissed off. Can I? He was. He was upset. You can say pissed, pissed off. Okay, I just want to be sure. Uh, you know, that the Secret Service wouldn't allow him to go up there. That shocked me. I thought he just really wanted to go watch it on TV. But he really wanted to be there. And what does that mean? Yeah, what does that mean? I've always wondered because it's a big deal that he wanted to go. But I'm yeah, curious, here's what it... happens if he goes? Well, it's almost like he he wants to go there to preside over the stock, you know, over over the disruption of the certification of Joe Biden's win. It's like he thinks that it's going to work. Because why else would you be up there? Why else would you want to go up there with your people? You think that this is your chance to finally stop it and basically exercise what would have been a coup. Are there any leads that didn't pan out for you, like people that you couldn't talk to or leads you couldn't follow that the hearings have been able to Man, get to. I wanted to get Pat Cipollone on the record more than anybody. Lead White House he, counsel. He was the White House counsel. He was there for it all. He's one of the few people that was really with Trump throughout it all on January 6th. And I knew, you know, people close to him, I, I knew a lot about what he was doing. I knew, he, I knew he thought about resigning and thought if he resigned, it could have been worse. I, I knew that he was absolutely opposed to this crazy notion that Mike Pence could overturn the election. I knew all that, but I wanted, you know, and I, and I reached out. I, I, I spent months. Um, I could not get an on-the-record conversation with him, and then... You had off-the-record conversations with I him? I mean, I can't really say that, but, but, uh, but I... Wait, I, uh, wait. <laughs> you can't even say whether you had off-the-record... I'm, I'm not asking you I to mean, tell me. I mean, you just I... told me. You just told me. <laughs> the fact that you can't say, aha, aha. Yeah, I am... I am very persistent, so uh, so you can you can assume. But um, so I, over a year ago, you yeah. had uh, you had a, a sit down with the former president yeah. down in Mar-a-Lago, right? Yeah. Now that you watch these hearings, what of that conversation comes back to you with special force? It, it is the most haunting thing I've ever heard a president, former president, say that I've ever heard Donald Trump say, and that's when I asked him if he was worried about Mike Pence. And he said, no, I knew he was fine. And I said, but they were, they were chanting, hang Mike Pence. And his answer, this is the part that haunts me, uh, he said, well, they were angry. And I said, it's common sense, John. You can't pass on a fraudulent vote. He was defending, explaining first, and then defending 
the chance of people that wanted to murder his vice president. I mean, just let that sink in. It's like we, there's a lot of crazy stuff that's said. I mean, that's... I try I not to let that sink in. No, okay. Actually, <laughs> right. after a year, I've scotch-guarded myself, <laughs> yeah. so a lot of what he says Probably just wise. kind of rolls yeah, off yeah, a duck's yeah. back. Um, you're, you're still reporting on the insurrection. Yeah. And uh, you were in Arizona yesterday talking with election official uh, Rusty Bowers. Yeah. Okay. So who had such a compelling um, testimony yeah. in front of the January 6th hearings. Clearly a deep patron, a man of faith. Um... What did he have to say about where things will stand now in Arizona, for instance? Uh, he's up for re-election. Uh, uh, you know, he's got a race on, on Tuesday. Trump has gone out to Arizona to campaign against him, said that he disgraced himself. He disgraced the state of Arizona with what he said. I found Rusty Bowers to be one of the most serious, uh, good, kind of morally centered people I've ever interviewed. It was a fascinating conversation. He described going back to Arizona after his testimony and some of the blowback he got. And he was, he had, he had somebody come up to him and say, you're a traitor. And the punishment for treason is hanging. I mean, this is the stuff he's still dealing with. Uh, and he's gonna lose, I mean, he, he thinks it would take a miracle for him to win. He wants to win, he's campaigning hard. He, he, but, you know, and again, this is, somebody who wanted the former president to win. Yes, he was a total Trump supporter and Trump asked him to use his power as the Speaker of the House, in Republican Speaker of the House in Arizona, to overturn the results in Arizona, and he absolutely refused. Trump talked to him twice. Giuliani turned the screws on him, um, and they, they pressured him in every possible way, and he stood firm. And he, he, he really faced unbelievable pressure, personal. I mean, his daughter was dying, and they, they were going outside his house with loudspeakers, you know, uh, screaming at him. I mean... And when asked yeah. if... The former president received the nomination again yeah. in 2024. Would he vote for him? He said yes. He did say that. He was, he was asked that question. We talked about that. That is not his position. Uh, uh, you, and you can watch him. It's on Sunday on, on Meet... What on, was yes an ambiguous answer? I don't understand. Well, he, 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 said, he, he said he was... You know, he, I don't really know why he said it the first time. He wasn't expecting the question. It was like, if it's Biden or Trump, and, he's, he, and he kind of leaned back on his Republican. This guy's a lifelong Republican. But he said, he explained to me, there's absolutely no way. So we'll hear more about this. There's no Sunday. way he votes for Donald Trump again. Okay. And, 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 you know, I asked him his advice for people like Kevin McCarthy and others who are, uh, you know, remain supportive. And it's like, tell the truth. Tell the truth. And for Rusty Bowers, the truth is that Donald Trump tried to destroy the Constitution of the United States. And his faith is to the Constitution. His, his, his loyalty is to the Constitution, not to a, a Republican president. Very powerful interview, and one of the most interesting conversations I've had in a long time. Well, Jonathan, thank you so much for being here. Thank you. The book Betrayal is available now. It's Jonathan Carl, everybody. This has been The Late Show Poncho with Stephen Colbert. If you're enjoying The Late Show Poncho, leave us a five-star review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Watch The Late Show with Stephen Colbert weeknights at 11.35, 10.35 Central on CBS and Paramount+. Plus. And for more exclusive Late Show content, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And subscribe to The Late Show on YouTube. 
Calling all benders and non-benders alike. Jump into the epic world of Avatar with your favorite podcast, Avatar, Braving the Elements. Hosted by me, Janet Varney. And me, Dante Bosco. Each week we'll recap and discuss a new episode. So come join us and our amazing guests from creators to cast to superfans to chat about all things Avatarverse. It's Fire Nation time. Book of Fire. Let's go. Listen to Avatar Braving the Elements wherever you get your podcasts. Jeremy Renner returns to Paramount Plus for a brand new season of the original hit series, Mayor of Kingstown. My job is to create a balance, avoid a war. From executive producer Taylor Sheridan, co-creator of Yellowstone. There's some new players in town, and they brought the flag. And Antoine Fuqua, director of Training Day. I know it's always been a war zone, Mike, but this is next level. The mayor is back in business. Are you warning me? You're going to find out. Mayor of Kingstown. New season streaming June 2nd, exclusively on Paramount Plus.